Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Ready. Here we go. We're off and rolling. Let me say hello to Caleb Calhoun and ask how he's doing because we're going to get right to John Adams and dive into it on the program today. Too much pressure on Nico. That's actually our poll question. Why the NCAA has no chance against Tennessee. And is there much too much pressure on uh, a guy named Nico, also ranking the SEC quarterbacks? And let's talk a little bit of uh, T. Martin. He might be an SEC offensive coordinator. And a look back on the ball's junior day weekend. So, Caleb, how are you, sir? I am good. How are you doing, Dave? Never better. Let's get up and rolling right now. The poll question that is online on the YouTube channel. If you can throw it on there, your votes right now. The pressure on Nico Ia Malayava is blank. Way too much. Comes with NIL. Not a factor at all. He's the man. Speaking of the man, John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel joins us now. John with a lot of headspace there. There we go. Look at that guy getting lined up. John, how are you, sir? I'm still uh, shorter than you guys. Uh, not in real life. Yeah, about a foot. No. Yeah, but go ahead. Who cares about real life? That doesn't matter. 
it's all virtual now. Yeah, it's all about virtual. (laughs) Like and like and subscribe. Let's get right into it right now. And we start off with the very latest that we have from the NCAA and the University of Tennessee and the state of Tennessee that is uh, suing the once governing body. John, I ask you this, how much longer will the NCAA be a governing body? Well, um, it it seems it, as though it can hang on, but it's going to have to change its approach to things. I don't think it can go around willy-nilly and trying to enforce rules that don't make sense and just don't work. This is a prime example of this. The NCAA won't win in court. Once the, uh, once the court ruled that athletes could prosper off their name, image, and likeness, uh, the, the game was kind of over for the NCAA. Uh, because to come back, the NCAA's response, but, uh, oh, by the way, you can't use that as a recruiting inducement, but how could it not be a recruiting inducement? You can't tell somebody, hey, you can make money, but there's no way to find out how you can make money. So you just need to sign with the school and they'll tell you what, how much you can make. That will never work. Um, and the, it's say, and the same way with the transfer, uh, transfer rule, uh, they're not, the courts, not got this, you can only transfer once There's already an injunction against that. That won't hold up either. Athletes going to be able to transfer whenever. Yeah. So John, um, I agree but I, Dave and I talked about this yesterday. And just for people who want to know, um, there the NCAA is the, a judge is going to rule uh, about whether or not that there is a temporary restraining order on the NCAA rules while this is in court very soon. Um, okay, but, so we'll, let me make sure that everybody understands because legalese gets complicated. What would that mean, Caleb? That would mean that if a temporary restraining order is granted, that means that the NCAA rules are unenforceable until this situation gets resolved in court. So for at least a temporary time, they can't do anything. Now, we don't know how that's going to be ruled on. But, John, one of my questions is, and I talked about this with Dave yesterday, I think the NCAA has no argument. There are, you know, their points were stupid over the weekend. Their whole argument is basically, well, yeah, it's illegal, but it's still bad for our organization. So <laughs> you should allow us to. I mean, that, that was literally their argument. Um, my only problem is, I can't get past how stupid the Tennessee legislature was to pass its own NIL law that put a ban on recruiting because now the state of Tennessee is suing the NCAA and saying, you guys are violating federal law, but their own state is violating federal law because they passed their own NIL law that violates the antitrust act at that moment. Well, yeah. I mean, that doesn't make sense either. Uh, But to me, just the big picture the court is basically saying the NCA really can't govern. I mean, it can't enforce its own rules because some of these, because so many of these rules are just uh, so absurd and they don't coincide with what's been ruled in court. So I don't know where the NCA goes from here. Uh, maybe it just eventually goes away, but there still seems to be people in high places that want to preserve what's really kind of an archaic organization and, and no longer functions effectively if it ever did. So I, I'm going to steal a question from the message board. And I want to ask both of you guys this. Uh, this is from Smoky Mountain Red. Is the NCAA actually that clueless 
or just arrogant? I would go with the latter, John. You? Well, I think in maybe another word might apply desperate. I mean, you can't be so stupid that you don't realize uh, the course we're on and where this all, how this will play out. I mean, it's, it's obvious. Uh, so, I mean, these guys all have, uh, these guys all have jobs <laughs> and, uh, they would like to hold on them to them, I'm sure, but it's just, uh, in where we're headed, they just seem to seem to be dinosaurs. Yeah, well, uh, let me jump in here for just a second, Caleb. Then, is is do you think that that's really the case? It's just the desperate to hold on to jobs. Surely these guys have nice resumes and they can find other gigs. But huh. if they well, if they look up incompetence and Google them, they might they might not do well. But do do you really think that it's as simple as that, or is there anything altruistic about the NCAA is trying to do right now? Is that a question for me? Both of you. Uh, Caleb, start. Uh, I think this is actually a, I think this is more, I, I just think it's a desperation move by the NCAA. Um, I think the people that work at the NCAA, John just said it. They, they want jobs. I learned this because my coming of age following the news was the 2008 crash. And what I learned with the 2008 financial crash was there were a lot of executives, board members, whatever, that work in those positions that care nothing about the financial well-being of the company they work at. They just want to make sure they walk out with their cut of the check. And as long as that's okay, they're good. I think yeah. the NCAA is filled with people like that at this moment. It's filled with a bunch of people that are trying to say, man, we know we're on a dying ship, so how can we make sure we get our payday out of this, keep our salary, keep a job, whatever. I think when Charlie Baker took over, I don't know if Charlie Baker knew it. But I think, look, I'm going to attach a nefarious motive to everybody working there that they're not working for the NCAA. They're working for themselves and trying to see where their positioning is going to be in the future. And part of that was they all agreed to establish some form of relevancy to buy them some time on this sinking ship. And part of that relevancy was let's try to go after Tennessee the way we did Florida State and they'll probably, and we'll give them a slap on the wrist. They'll roll over, they'll take it, and it won't be any big deal. That's exactly what I think went through their mind. So what does this mean for Tennessee and let's say the top 15, 20 programs, maybe a little more than that, that could afford a hefty NIL budget line item? Uh, John, what, is, what does that mean for a team like Tennessee? Before we get to that, mind you, portions of the program brought to you by Apex Apparel Group. 15% off your first order. Call Tyler, 865-919-3001. 919-3001 Spirit Wear. They've got that embroidery, screen printing, promo products, signage, uh, giveaways, a one-stop shop for all products. Apex Apparel. Go to youraxapparel.com or Tyler, 865-919-3001. So what does it mean for Tennessee, John, and a school like that? Well, these are the powerhouse programs, and and one of the by the way that was that was the most dramatic. The, that was an incredibly good dramatic pause. I don't know if we lost you or you were just really thinking and pensive. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened there. I didn't even think it was a pause. <clears throat> uh, but one of the problems inherent in the NCA goes way back. There were too many schools 
with all these dissimilar interests. And there still are. And now it's kind of defined by NIL resources. There might be 20 programs that can do this, that can that to fund an NIL program, pay 25 to $30 million payroll to its student athletes. I don't know why I keep calling them student athletes. They're, they're pros. But uh, I, I just think, so there, you look at, look at the SEC even. I mean, the disparity between some of these programs and some of the other programs, they aren't really operating in the same realm. They don't have the same resources. So they have different interests. But what you have to do, you get, have to get a group with commonality and have these programs form a conference with everybody. We've, I've been hearing about a super conference for 40 years. And, but I think that's, it's just inevitable that that will occur. How fast might depend on the stupidity of the NCAA. Um, well, let me ask you both this, because I think it's, you know, the NCAA used to move so slow and it took forever throughout most of my lifetime just to get to a unified national championship. However, I'm going to put the over under on a mega conference at three and a half years. So it'll either happen by 27 or it'll happen after Caleb, you go first. Are you taking the over or the under? I'm taking the over, but Dave, I will give you, I'm not confident. Um, and, and I will, and, um, I agree things for all of us, everything about the NCW moved at a turtle's pace, but you are right with the Supreme court ruling two years ago. I mean, it, it, we all kind of knew there was going to be rapid change coming after that. We just didn't know when we didn't know how, and I'm going to tell you this, the people at the top who are running it, I don't think Greg Sankey or Tony Petiti know how they just know that they're going to be at the forefront of it. Mm, yep, you, you may be right. Uh, coming up. We are going to ask John, is there too much pressure on Nico Ia Maleava? We will discuss that. I'll remind you the show represented by Banks and Jones. Banks and Jones? Well, it's because they're Tennessee's trial attorney. You can play to win with Banks and Jones because they'll go to trial. You've heard of other lawyers. They say they'll go to trial and fight for you. They won't. They just want to settle. That's the easiest way out. Well, that's not Banks and Jones, led by T. Scott Jones. They won't settle. They'll go to trial for you. Tennessee's trial attorney. They play to win. Truly, Tennessee's trial attorney when it comes to criminal defense or personal injury. Why settle? Banks and Jones. T. Scott Jones. Banksandjones.com. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney. Play to win, banksjones.com. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get cut, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm going to need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. All right, I'm really interested to uh, see that if I'm really interested to see if uh, Caleb and or John think that there's too much pressure on Nico Ia Maleava. So far right now, that is our poll question. And we've got, John, uh, you care to guess between these three what the fans are saying. Way too much comes with NIL. Not a factor. He's the man. 
Would you choose from those three? Um, it may be a factor, but I don't think it's too much. Um, I mean, he signed up for this when he got this contract. It's not actually contract <laughs> per se, but ha- agreed to co- to come to Tennessee for an exorbitant amount of money. We don't know exactly how much that money is, but we know it's a lot more than a scholarship. Uh, just from being around him in group interview sessions, he seems pretty well grounded. I think he's kind of been groomed for this. Uh, and I think once he gets on the field, as we saw in the Citrus Bowl, his talent will take over. And talent can override everything. I mean, there's pressure to perform on all athletes. I think it's ratcheted up now by NIL if you're in college because people don't look at these well, they aren't student athletes anymore. They're paid to play and they're expected to perform. They're expected to earn their money. I think fans will look at that more, more and more from that vantage point. But I, I just think uh, this guy has so much talent. Once he gets out there in the game and takes that first snap, his talent takes over. I don't think he would be overwhelmed. I think there's been, you go back to, There was so much pressure in a way on Peyton Manning when he went to college just because of his family, because his dad was Archie and an SEC legend. Uh, He had no problem with that. Well, now, Um, now wait, can I, can I stop you there? Because I want to know I'm going to keep talking Dave. sweet. I'm, I'm going to ask today's tough question and I want to get Caleb's take, but I felt like there was too much pressure on Peyton Manning and it may have affected his play when he came back for his senior year. Am I wrong there? Oh, I I mean, I, I didn't look at it that way at all. Okay. Caleb he just didn't he just didn't beat Florida. Okay. And maybe Here there was know. maybe he didn't handle the pressure well of that game. But overall, I, I mean, I didn't think there was he he felt burdened with all this pressure. Yeah, but the season John was just that game at the time. Okay, well, uh, his his track record against Florida uh, obviously uh, was not good, and that that among other things cost him a Heisman Trophy. But he may have felt pressure in that game. He didn't. That was his worst performance. He played well as sophomore and junior against Florida. Uh, didn't play well against Florida in in his final season. So you, you can make that point, but I just think overall, I didn't think Peyton Manning felt overwhelmed by pressure. Yeah, um, I would, um, I, well, actually I disagree. I think his worst game was his sophomore game. I know he threw for 466 yards, John, but you know, that was the most, and like un, insignificant 400 yard game ever because he threw, he threw like four interceptions in the first half where Florida jumped out to the 35 to nothing lead in that game. Um, no, that would but, have been his. That was his junior year. Yeah, that was his junior year. Yeah, yeah. Senior year, I don't blame him. Tennessee didn't have a running back at the time because Jamal Lewis wasn't starting yet, and their offensive line hadn't come together. And sophomore year, John Chavis just seemed like he had never seen the fun and gun offense before. It's not his fault that John Chavis gave up sixty-two points to Steve here in that game. Well, and, and he also and he also made a push for Leonard Little to play quarterback instead of middle linebacker, if I remember correctly. <laughs> Yeah. So I think a lot of, um, 
the pressure of the uh, SEC title game, though, Peyton delivered in that one. And one of the most, I still think the greatest SEC championship game performance in the history of the game was that Peyton Manning against Auburn in 97. But as to Nico, I'm with John, comes with the NIL territory. And it's going to be even more because I think we're going to start looking at quarterbacks that command NIL money the way we do in the NFL. So, for instance, everybody brings up, they say, oh, Lamar Jackson didn't lose that game two weeks ago. Zay Flowers fumbled at the goal line. Well, yeah, but Zay Flowers is on a rookie salary. Lamar Jackson's making $52 million. One's going to be way more accountable than the other one for not delivering. And I think it's going to be the same with Nico. I mean, this guy's making more than a lot of the veterans combined, making so much that people like Tyler Barron wanted to enter the portal out of just sheer resentment. That's fine. But yeah, he better actually deliver with that $2 million a year contract. All right, let's get to uh, today's tough questions brought to you by Don Self. It has to do with Nico. Uh, customer service still matters. Donself.net. Donself.net. He's your state farm agent. Everybody wants to save price, save money nowadays. And I get that. But what happens when you turn in a claim? Donself.net. Donself.net. 423-396-2126. 423-396-2126. Today's tough question. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. I think I think we kind of sort of answered it in a roundabout way, but it's on the YouTube page, and the pressure on Nico Ia Maleava is way too much. Comes with the NIL, not a factor at all. He's the man. So way too much, only 11% comes with NIL, 47%, not a factor at all. He's the man, 42%. I think there's way too much, John. I'll be in the minority here, and I believe that. And I be- believe that in a large part, that's Josh Heupel's fault. I think that he was promoted via recruiting sites to the nth degree. He uh, was put in a position in which everybody's waiting, anticipating, almost like you're waiting on that uh, second set of Star Wars movies com- coming out. And then he plays really well in the Citrus Bowl. Um, so I think it's too much, but I think that's uh, Josh Heupel's fault. I think he's put some more pressure on him. You? Well, again, I, I just don't – too much pressure. I just don't see that. It, it just comes with the NIL. It, and I don't blame Josh Heupel for what's Josh Heupel supposed to do. I mean, Josh Heupel could have handled it differently. I mean, we've talked about this before, but Josh Heupel should have played Nico more last year. I don't see how anybody can argue that. Uh, but I don't know if that would give break, put more pressure on him or less pressure on him. But there has been a long, long buildup from the time he committed to play for Tennessee until he's actually become the starting quarterback. And we all pretty much assumed that was inevitable, that one day he would be the starting quarterback. We just didn't know when. And Josh Heupel delayed that. I think we're going to look back one time and said this guy should have been the starter as a freshman. I I tend to agree with that, except for the uh, Heupel part. I do think that... He want, And I don't blame him, but I think he put more pressure on him, Caleb, because he wanted to get some excitement for the program and excitement for that class. And I believe that, yeah, he, he, he pushed him and talked about him through different media services. So I think Hype will put more pressure on him, but I have no problem with that. Do we want to go to Cooper Mays and what Coop said about Nico, Caleb? Yeah, let's go ahead and pull it up. 
Okay, so this is from the Vol Report brought to you by City Heat and Air Conditioning. City Heat and Air, you can watch the entire thing right there. City Heat and Air Conditioning, 50 years in East Tennessee, integrity matters. Don't trust a fly-by-night HVAC company to tell you that you need a new unit that could cost you thousands or more. Cityheatandair.com. Here is what Cooper had to say about Nico. Um, I mean, he's got to he's got to be the captain of the ship, and uh, I've told him a couple times and and tried to help him out that we're going to have his back, and you know, a lot of the older guys are going to be right there with him and, and helping him along and, and being good influences on him and, and give him our thoughts and everything about how to be the best he can. So I think he's got a really good support staff around him that'll help prop him up and you know hold him accountable and make sure he's doing the right stuff for that position, you know, because. He's still a young guy. He's still, at the end of the day, he's still a 19, 18, 19, 20-year-old kid. And, you know, he's figuring it out, too. And it's his first try at this, too. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get this right. All right, John. So does Tennessee have the, not only players, but coaches and all around, do they have the right support staff in place? I'm talking about coaching staff, but you know what I mean. Support group in place for Nico to be successful, given what they accomplished uh, in the transfer portal and retaining players within IL. Yeah, I think Tennessee does. I think, of course, it could always be better, uh, but I think it does have a, a really nice nucleus. It's got a veteran offensive line, played a lot of snaps, added the app from LSU, who's who's supposedly going to be uh, a really good player. Uh, I was a freshman at LSU this year. What's his name? I forgot. Um you know, the offensive line. Anyway. Lance Hurd. Oh, Lance Hurd. Lance Hurd. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think, and also I think it's it's bolstered its receiving core. Um, I think its defense will be better. So I think that there's enough support for Nico. But what we're looking at and, and what we're really expecting, it, you're, co- you're describing it correctly. You're saying support staff. See, he comes in as a true freshman. And he's the he's the star, or as uh, Cooper says, the captain of the ship. I mean, that's already been determined. He's coming in, got all these veteran players, but they have different roles. They're they're the support staff. He's the star. Now they have the ability to complement him. That's one thing, and that's good. The other thing will be how do they handle it uh, emotionally? How do they deal with? the idea that Nico's making all this money and they're not a lot of that's going to depend on how Nico interacts with them. And, and and I I don't know how that will go. Uh, He seems, you know, he's, he seems capable of handling that, but that's true in every case. I mean, at the college level now, it's like the NFL, you can't be worried about how much money somebody else is making, how much more, they're making than you. No, nope. you. Okay. T- totally mm. agree. You better get used to that. And from the players that I've talked to, including Cooper and Jacob, I think most people understand that the quarterback is, is going to get more money. I think they're more concerned with the incoming guys getting more money than they've got for being proven. That's where the rub has been. And I think that's where NIL will eventually shift to naturally. The NCAA is trying to push this around as it's not a recruiting inducement. I think the market's going to end up bearing that out. So speaking of quarterbacks, that uh, Nico guy should rank pretty high. 
I would think John has is is the column out yet, John, for the ranking of SEC quarterbacks? Uh, I think it was published this morning. I mean, I, I set a an embargo date. Sometimes that holds true. Sometimes it doesn't. But I'll assume that it came out at 5 a.m. this morning. And so I were I was ranking SEC quarterbacks. Um, and I had Nico um, second, only to Carson Beck of Georgia. Uh, a lot of really good quarterbacks. We've discussed this. A lot of really good quarterbacks in this league. But I'm just, from what little I've seen, and granted just one start, uh, his talent is undeniable. And yeah. the reason I have Carson Beck ahead of him is because of experience, a great supporting cast, and he showed me he can handle the pressure of SEC football. No, I agree. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Let's get to four downs. That's brought to you by our friends at Dynasty Pools and Spas. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. The message board says John the Goat Adams has uh, Nico correctly at number two. And we're going to pretend that I didn't play the wrong element there. And we're just going to do that again. Four downs brought to you by <laughs> Dynasty Poulsen's boss. <laughs> Four downs. <laughs> Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. Four. Four downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. All right. We were going to lead up to where Nico's ranked, but John decided to go ahead and tell us. So um, that was going to be fourth down, but it turned out to be a pre-snap penalty on John on first down. But that's okay. All right, so let's go ahead and jump in the hot tub with uh, Cooper Mays. Cooper, what should people do? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Yes, and I doesn't. Uh, I, I doesn't. I I don't. I haven't said that enough. Hit that like button. We greatly appreciate it. What down, Coop? Coop here. First down. All right, let's talk Nico. Could you see him? Let me start with John and then Caleb, and I'm going to pitch some questions at you, Ben Joyce style. And first question is, could you see Nico at the end of the year being Car- being better than Carson Beck? In other words, how high are you on Carson Beck versus the potential of Nico? Well, I'm very high on Carson Beck. Uh, watching okay. him develop last year in his first season as a starter the way he got better over the course of the season uh his accuracy his release all that stuff is really good and he handled the pressure he was under a lot of pressure he's not the reason georgia didn't make it to the championship game uh so i uh yeah i i don't know how that would play out i mean i just think he has more talent around him but i do think there's a chance that at the end of the year people will see even though Nico's not first team all SEC and maybe Carson Beck won't be either. There are a lot of good quarterbacks in this league, but I think they will see when it comes to just sheer talent that Nico is the guy. 
I, I just don't I just don't see how you can think otherwise. I mean, he's six six and he scrambles around and moves around like Johnny Manziel, who was about six feet. He he's got those instincts and in, in the ability to improvise so effectively. Uh he's got he's got everything it takes to be a superstar in the SEC. So He's one of those guys. I think you may, fans may look at him and say, okay, those quarterbacks have better numbers, but this guy, Nico, he's the guy. He's the one with the with the talent. Caleb, what do you think? I think there's a very good chance he could be number one, and it's almost a disappointment if he doesn't finish number one, even though I agree with John Adams to have Carson back ahead of him now. And the reason I bring that point up is I make this very simple. Josh Heupel or Mike Bobo, who are you taking as an offensive coach? Like, who's more likely to make their, like, Mike Bobo is the reason Georgia's not in the SEC in the national title. That's the worst called game I've ever seen an offensive coordinator call, and I nailed it that he's not a good offensive coordinator. Well, wait so. a second. Don't answer that question. Cooper Mays here. Second down. Second down, does Mike Bobo hurt Carson's Beck, Carson Beck's chance to be better than Nico Eon? <laughs> that was the hardest sentence I've ever uttered in 25 years of journalism. Is that question for me or John? Go, Caleb. I was sipping coffee. I thought, uh, uh, or John, either one. I just made my case. 1,000% yes. 1,000% yes. He's one of the worst offensive coordinators in the SEC. All right, John, does Mike Bobo hurt Carson back? Well, compared to what Georgia had before him, uh, yeah, it, it's it's not the same as, as Georgia's last coordinator who did a wonderful job with Stetson Bennett. They did. No, he did. He uh, what down now, Coop, as we jump in the hot tub, brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas? Tennessee center Cooper Mays here, third down. All right. Who is third? And do you feel confident, John, on your list? Maybe give me three, four, and five, and even a dark horse a dark horse of, of Nico being number two. Could someone surpass him by the end of the year? And if so, who might that be? Well, there are plenty of guys back there. I mean, Jackson Dart's in a good offensive system. He's surrounded by talent. Ole Miss is quarterback. He's he got much better last season as opposed to in 2022. If he does, he's cut down on his mistakes. Uh, Quinn Ewers at Texas uh, had the Longhorns in the playoffs. Uh, Jalen Milrow uh, with Alabama, just an incredible athlete. Maybe he will do well. Maybe he in in this new system uh Kalen DeBoer I'm sure will shape the offense to his talents because he doesn't have much of an option otherwise but with all those guys I, I see even though they've proven themselves and done very well and even Quinn Ewers I mean in that champ in that playoff game I just I just thought there were plays he should have made that he didn't and I, I'm grading I'm really grading hard here I really am I mean, that's why I could say you could – a lot of people might say, well, Quinn Ewers is better than Carson Beck. I don't think so. I, I think Beck is just a little more accurate. Uh, I trust him a little more. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Caleb hates when I say this, but the eye test, Carson Beck looks like he could be a really good quarterback for a really long time, uh, both at the uh, next level as well. If Where there's did one you get that I hate when you say that? <laughs> The eye test thing? I don't know. I, a lot of people do. Let's, oh, I, not you. Okay. All, right, all right, Caleb. Um, so if there's a quarterback that's going to be the second best quarterback in uh, the SEC, who would it be, Caleb, before we get to fourth down? 
the second best set wouldn't be Carson Beck or Nico, I guess. Right. right. So, okay. So I would go and I wanted to, uh, actually, I wanted John Adams take on this is I would go Garrett Nussmeyer. And um, I understand Mike Denbrook is gone, but wasn't Joe Sloan kind of the, the brains behind Jane Daniels last year anyway, as the quarterbacks coach, the new LSU offensive coordinator. Uh, I'm not sure on that. Um, I've, uh, I was very high on Garrett Nussmeyer before this past season. I, I thought he might could compete with uh, with Jaden Daniels through that starting position. Daniels turned out to be the best quarterback in the country. I'm not as high on Oops. him as I was. Huh? Oops. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I I just I don't know. I mean, he's got a really good arm. He makes plays. I think Garrett Nussmeyer needs receivers more than Jaden Daniels needed them. Jaden Daniels could do so many things on his own that, but yeah, there was a, after the Florida state game last year, I thought, I think Garrett Nussmeyer may, needs to be the quarterback, not Jaden Daniels, but I was dead wrong on that one. Uh, Jaden Daniels just took off after that. So I, he's one of the players I'm really curious about because I think he has a nice upside and uh, I just, but I haven't seen enough of him. He's got this potential, so I'm real curious as to what Nussmeyer will become. I've uh, who was the LSU quarterback? Now he was at Texas A&M. Um, Max Johnson. When I saw Max Johnson as a freshman, I thought, man, this guy's going to be really good. He beat uh, he beat Florida in the swamp. I thought this guy's going to be really good. It didn't work out that way. I I was oh, wrong yeah. about him too. But in all fairness, we're talking to the person who had Garrett Nussmeyer winning the Heisman last year. So, uh, fourth, is that too strong? Fourth down, Coop. All SEC center, Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. Okay. If indeed Nico Ia Maleava is the second best quarterback or better in the SEC, what does that mean for Tennessee? Where did they end up? Four downs brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. Having the best spas made right here in the United States of America in your backyard. Dynasty Pools and Spas, their showroom is open in Athens right off the interstate. You can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market. And delivery, yes, they can do that. It's Knoxville or Chattanooga. They've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. They also have pool chemicals as well dynasty pools and spas amazing discounts for first responders military and even some blemish models it can save you a ton and no one will ever notice mention off the hook sports get five hundred dollars off mention off the hook sports get five hundred dollars off dynasty pools and spas go to dynasty pools and spas.com or stop by that showroom in athens dynasty pools and spas.com dynasty pools and spas so, John, let me ask you this. If uh, Nico is the second or better uh, quarterback in the, the SEC, where does Tennessee end up? I think it ends up in the football playoff. I do too. Caleb? I think they end up in the football playoff too. I just think that obviously, as LSU showed last year, you can have an amazing quarterback, but if your defense isn't up to snuff, that you can still have issues. All righty, here we go. So now that we have – uh, one guy named Nick Saban out of there. It certainly seems like Georgia is the preeminent program in the nation. Let's get the what the H. And that's brought to you by our friends at Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hodge. 
What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. So, it's amazing how things change so quickly. Nick Saban was there to challenge Kirby Smart for preeminence, not only in the SEC, but in college football in general. So what the H is going on in the SEC? Is there any team, John, that can challenge Georgia for top team in the SEC? Brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Hahn. Enjoy life better when you see better. Local vision service for LASIK, cataract surgery, and regular eye examination. What do you got there, John? Yeah, I mean, it's possible to challenge them, but but I still like the Bulldogs to win it all. I think they'll be number one preseason nationally in the polls and certainly number one in the SEC. Um, even though Alabama beat Georgia this year, give Alabama all the credit for that, I uh, still thought Georgia was the best team. And I think if you go back and if you started the playoffs tomorrow and Georgia was in it, I'd probably pick Georgia to win it. I just thought it was the best team. I think it will be the best team again next season. I, I just think Kirby Smart is just – he's got it rolling and he's he succeeded in a lot of ways. I was looking at Georgia's recruiting class for 2024, uh, number one ranked by 24-7 Sports Composite. Um Everybody talks about the great in-state recruiting base that Georgia has, which it does. But if it's, uh, I think, five star, four, four or five, maybe five four-star defensive, five-star defensive players that have committed to Georgia or signed, uh, only one was from the state of Georgia. What Kirby's done is he's done the same thing. He's done the same thing that Nick Saban did. Nick Saban relied heavily on that Alabama in-state recruiting base, but he also recruited nationally. So that way, it doesn't matter if you have even a slight down year in your, in your state. Uh, it doesn't matter. Kirby, and, and NIL helps this too. Uh, I, I just don't think geography means as much as it once did, but I just think there's no good reason not to go and play for Kirby Smart, just as there was no good reason not to play for Nick Saban. You may prefer other teams, but there's nothing there's nothing glaring wrong with those programs. And they most importantly for high profile players, uh, Kirby's done what Nick did. He's put players in the NFL at every position, not not just one or two or three positions all across the board. So to me, Georgia's still even in a tougher league and with Texas coming in, um, I still think Georgia's above everybody. Caleb, I'm going to ask you, give me two or three teams that could supplant Georgia this year. So there are – oh, this year. I thought you meant like over a long-term 10-year period. Um, uh, I want to talk, talk this year, and then maybe we'll, we'll get into that. But I, to me, there are two teams. I could see Tennessee – being incredible uh, offensively um, with Nico being better than Hendon Hooker. I could see that. I could also see, and I think this will happen sometime in the near future, Ole Miss has a group of incoming transfers that gel together, which is probably a one-in-three shot year-to-year. And I think that Ole Miss could upend at some point. Um, 
Georgia in the SEC championship game. Now you get into Texas and other schools, but those would be my two teams because I would like Lane Kiffin against Kirby Smart in an SEC championship game. So what about you? What are some teams, Caleb, that you think could uh, could up in Georgia this year? I think, and it's the one I stuck with last year, and you could call me crazy, but I'm sticking on the LSU train. And I largely think that because LSU, no matter who's the coach or whatever era, they're never a program that's not there yet. The talent is always coming in and out. And if for people who cover recruiting, Louisiana kids are consistently underrated. So if LSU has like a the number 10 recruiting class, it should really be the number five ranked recruiting class, quite honestly. And it should always be a few spots higher. So I think they're still loaded at talent. I think if they find a middle linebacker, I think if Garrett Nussmeyer is as good as John initially thought he was, and if they find a middle linebacker, which they could not find for the life of them last year, you got a national title contending team at that point at LSU. John, what are the schools? Give me two or three that could upend Georgia this year, which would be a pretty massive uh, up, upset. Well, uh, well, Texas, of course, comes to mind because it just made the college football playoff and went right down in the final second against Washington. Really, it, this season really changed my opinion on Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, I wasn't that high on him, uh, but he got it done. Uh, credit to him. But I'm kind of with you on this. I really like Ole Miss. Um, bringing in all these transfers. And Lane Kiffin didn't just do it this year. He's been doing it his whole time there. So this has become routine. Here come a bunch of transfers. But this time, he he's raised the bar. He's brought in guys that are really good. I, I mean, he gets two offensive linemen from Washington. Um, <laughs> I, did, I didn't see that one coming. He He's become a haven for, for transfers. And we know Lane Kiffin can really coach offense. And we know he has a pretty good quarterback. Might not be as good as Carson Beck or, or Nico, but he has a good quarterback. Uh, and, and offensive talent around him. And he, he loses his, his star running back. Maybe the best running back in college football, Quinchon Juttings. And he, nonetheless, he goes and gets LSU's running back. Nolan Diggs, who originally transferred from Notre Dame. I mean, I, I'm just really impressed with what he's done in the portal. And and I think Ole Miss and Georgia play this regular season, I believe. And, I mean, I think Ole Miss could win that game. Okay, John, I know, I know you got to get out of here, but give me the three programs that – could in five years be the or three years be the preeminent program in the SEC not named Georgia who can stop the bulldog train that seems to be rolling on right now well um I think Caleb's right about LSU there's always tremendous potential there and I look at uh I, I look at Brian Kelly's track record of winning everywhere he's gonna amass a lot of talent you look what he's already doing in the 2025 recruiting class LSU is is really well healed in NIL money, so uh, I think LSU could be that team. I mean that, and that's not shocking news. It had one of the best teams ever under Ed Orgeron of all people a few years back. So yeah, LSU could be that team. I think uh, you can't discount Alabama. I think Kalen DeBoer is a really good co uh, coach, so I'm not writing off Alabama. So when I look at a 
I look at three schools. I say those, I think, Texas, LSU, and Alabama. And then I'm I'm really curious where Tennessee's headed. I think it's got a lot of NIL, NIL money. It's got momentum. It's got a great offensive coach. So there's more than two or three. I, I mean, there's some other teams. I never count out Oklahoma. Not sure it has the right coach now, but I never count out Oklahoma when you're talking way down the road who could be the preeminent team. I know you got to go. In the next five years, we will see how many SEC, different SEC champions. In the next what? Five years. Uh, how many different SEC champions will we see? I would say three. I was going to go three as well. John, get out of here. I certainly appreciate you. Have a blessed day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. John Adams. Have a good one, John. What would you, Caleb, what would you say? Um, so... I think there'll be three as well. I could see a Texas. I could I, Georgia. Let's log them in there. And then I think there's another team to be named later. And of that group, it's probably Tennessee. Ole Miss is in kind of my first tiers, Georgia, second tiers, Texas, or you could lump them together. My next dip down is Tennessee, Ole Miss, those programs that seem to be on the precipice but aren't quite there yet. How about you? I don't think Ole Miss, and I think you would even agree with me on this thing. I don't think Ole Miss has long-term staying power. They can go buy a title through the transfer portal one year, but they can't year in and year out be this that's, program. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. I'm going to take them out of there for long-term. That, yes. that, that's that's a great point. And also, Lane Kiffin's going to be the next co- head coach at Florida. You heard it here first. And by the way, so it's it's LSU because, as I said, it's always LSU. And as I did my history video on Nick Saban, I cannot understand how Jerry Donardo and Curly Hallman couldn't win there. Like, how bad of a coach must you be, Dave, to, like, not be able to win at LSU? <laughs> I mean... Jerry was bad. Uh, Jerry was really, really bad. Hey, yeah, so... Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I got to get my team yeah. done. You take your time. Um, But it's LSU. But the other one... Guys, don't sleep on Florida. And I know they are la- a laughing stock now. With with, another wait, coach... But well, that's the point, Dave, with another coach. They're a laughing stock right now with Billy Napier. But here's the point. Florida is about to be to the state of Florida what LSU was to Louisiana. And there's a lot more talent in the state of Florida. Right, historically, since you've been following college football, I keep insisting this. Florida, Florida State, Miami relatively competed for Florida talent evenly, right? Yes. There's no competition now. It's Florida. And then the other schools I just named are like Georgia Tech to Georgia. Because they will be stuck in the ACC. Wait, Florida State almost made the college football playoff. It was a fluke in recruiting. It's going to be okay. a fluke. Florida State is stuck in the ACC. Where would you go if you're a high-profile recruit in Florida? Florida State or Florida? I don't. I don't know that. And I was thinking you might go in that direction. I don't know that prospects see the long term of which conference you're in. I could be wrong. I think they want to be in the SEC, but I don't think they dread going to another conference. We'll have an update on our. Nico question our poll question too much pressure on Nico way too much comes with NIL not a factor at all he's the man go to our YouTube channel and you can vote on that and a former ball may soon be a coordinator in the SEC pretty cool he could have been a coach at Tennessee but he got butched he's Caleb Calhoun I'm Dave Hooker two minutes off the sports sand and salt water the beach is a very relaxing place Unless you wear contacts. Ow! 
Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee Vol collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co.? What's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. What the? The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. Um, who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show, Ooh. a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. All right, so let's go to Cooper Mays and remind everybody what to do because we greatly appreciate it. Coop, what should people do? Actually, let's go to Jacob because we don't know how much longer we'll have uh, Jacob Warren around because he's going to be a big NFL star. So Jacob says what? What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. He does. So click like, please, and if you haven't, turned your uh, notifications on. If you haven't subscribed, do that. Uh, Caleb's long-form videos are absolutely phenomenal, and we're going to have more coming. But we do want to go ahead and share something right now, which is exciting because as soon as I saw that Tennessee was suing the NCAA, I thought to myself, shirt, isn't this a shirt? So... Caleb, can you pull up our our shirt on our merch page? Um, uh, I know you can't. I believe you. I believe in you. Go to the Celebrate ninety eight tab, and people can order the shirt now. We've got another major announcement coming tomorrow. Your opportunity. I mean, it's a hard, remember, it's still a hard shirt to see when we share the screen. But. It is a hard shirt to see, but I'm going to believe that you can zoom in in some shape, form, or fashion. Or people can just go to... By the way, when a boss says, I believe you can do it, that's code for, I know this is hard, but do it or I'm going to fire you. I'm joking. (laughs) I've gotten that from so many bosses over time. Like, I believe in you. And that's code for, 
I know this is hard, but you better go do it. <laughs> now this is this is a limited run because I learned with another set of t-shirts that you don't want to just buy a bunch of t-shirts. So this will be a limited run for a couple of weeks and then we'll print them all so you'll get them within a couple of weeks. But this is going to be one that you're going to want for a long, long time. Uh, he's zooming in a bit. Caleb, so if you see there on the front, it says State of Tennessee and Commonwealth Virginia versus the NCAA. Uh, so I put the link on the YouTube message board. If you would like to order a shirt, uh, you can choose the color and you can uh, buy one very, very affordably for $24.98. Why do we pick 98, Caleb? Because that's where Tennessee won the national when Tennessee won the national title. There you go. There you go. So uh, I'm curious what you guys think about the shirt. Give me some feedback uh, online. And if you want to order one, we'll definitely take care of you. We'll do a limited run of these and they'll all go out in a couple of weeks. So uh, if you want to order one, go ahead. But I would like for your feedback about the shirt because I think it's pretty cool. What do you think, Caleb? I think it is pretty cool. I think it's very cool. And, you know, as a history person, I have to tell you, I know we all like to hate on the NCAA. But if you know college football history and sports history and why the NCAA it was invented, it, it you hate to see it become what it's become. Because without the NCAA, football would not be a sport. It would have been. It actually would have been shut down in about 1905. And uh, America's own Teddy Roosevelt created the NCAA as a way to save football. And so, I love Teddy, big Theodore fan over here. And um, I just, I, I think he's rolling over in his grave at what the NCAA turned into. Yep. Fair enough. Tell me what you think about the shirt on the message board. Give me your input on our poll question and don't just vote on the poll. Give me some thoughts if there's too much pressure on Nico and why. And, and then is Tennessee in line to up in Georgia as the dominant team in the SEC? I call them the dominant team in the SEC, Caleb. Sometimes I think I slip up a little bit because Texas and Oklahoma are coming in. doesn't always seem like it's the next year, the next year. Uh, Texas is pretty good, too. I think Texas is an overrated job, and I think you guys are both wrong about Steve Sarkeesian. I think Texas, Texas, that was the most... Texas backed into the college football playoff because, yes, they got a win over Alabama when Alabama... Look, if Nick Saban had taken over as offensive coordinator, which I, I think you and I both know from some sources that he basically did that after the South Florida game, Yes. Um, if he took over as offensive coordinator at the beginning of the year, Alabama's going undefeated and they're beating Texas easily. And I think that Texas coasted through a mediocre Big 12. They got extremely lucky that Oklahoma couldn't go play for the Big 12 title. Oklahoma snuck would have beaten them again. I think the Big 12 was overrated. I think that Texas went over Alabama. I don't read too much into it because Nick Saban just made a bad offensive coordinator hire, and he realized that three weeks in, and so he decided, I'm going to take over as offensive and defensive coordinator. I think that's kind of why he retired, because he was he was, he was was basically taking over both sides of the ball the whole year, and it drained him a little bit. Um, so I think that – I think Texas – and also it's an overrated job. There's too many programs in the state of Texas that compete for that Texas talent, and Texas recruits are overrated. They just are. Well, I tell you what, we can agree to disagree with that. I think Texas can uh, emerge as the preeminent SEC team, but I still think it would be Georgia. So can is a lot different. Daniel ordered a shirt already. We greatly appreciate that. Thank you very much, 
Daniel. And if you would like to order a shirt, you can get online right now uh, on uh, the link that's right above. Uh, there's been so much Alabama talk for a Tennessee podcast. I don't even think we've talked about Alabama that much, Levi. But I'll tell you what, we'll get straightened up here as there is a former Tennessee ball, one of the most beloved of all times, that could replace Liam Cohen as the Kentucky offensive coordinator. It's T. Martin, who won a national championship at Tennessee. I want everything great to happen for T. Martin. There's zero question about that. My question is, do you want it to happen in the SEC? Would this make Kentucky a better football team Caleb and I ask you that question brought to you by the Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Hemp House chat with two T's.com. Hemp House chat with two T's.com. Does T Martin instead of Liam Cohen make Kentucky a better football team? I love T, but and I actually think he's a very underrated offensive coordinator. He was scapegoated by USC during the Clay Helton days. Remember that, Dave, where they scapegoated him for the offensive problems, and so they they fired him, and it was very clear that they had issues beyond T. Martin at offensive coordinator. Actually, when he was there, they won back to back pack. They won the Pac-12 title one year, and they won the Rose Bowl two years in a row. So it certainly wasn't T. Martin's fault. Um, or the Rose Bowl one year, the Pac-12 title another. Anyways. But I can't say he would be an upgrader. I think Liam Cohen might have been the best offensive coordinator in the SEC this past year. I mean, I was wow. I, what he did at Kentucky. Now are you considering? Are you considering Lane Kiffin, Josh Heupel, offensive coordinators? Even though I'm considering all of them. Yes, okay. yes. And I, I mean, I'm I I am very high on Liam Cohen. Now people are going to be like, come at me because Kentucky was 58th this year in points per game, but they averaged 29 points a game. What did they do the year before with the quarterback that whatever you think of him went and went was at the top of the second round of the NFL draft. They averaged 20 points a game before Liam Cohen got there. Okay. So Liam Cohen was there two years, 2021 and 2023, 2021. They averaged 32 points. A Mark Stoops, Kentucky team averaged 32 points. Same quarterback 2022. They go and average 20 points. 2023. He comes back different quarterback. They average 29 points a game. Liam Cohen is an amazing offensive coordinator with, and you know, this Dave, you know, Mark Stoops, he cares nothing about the offense whatsoever. I don't think there's a coach that cares less about offense than Mark Stoops in the sec. No. So basically if you're a Tennessee fan, you should root that T Martin gets the job. So what's Liam Cohen doing? What's his situation? Oh, Liam Cohen is leaving. He's another one of the coaches we talk about. I believe he's leaving for an NFL job. Um, yeah, he is. He took the offense coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers job. So he's going to be coaching Baker Mayfield now. So, and I, I think he's going to do a very good job of that. I think that Liam Cohen is an amazing offense coordinator. I think T. Martin's a good offensive coordinator. I got no evidence to suggest that he's Liam Cohen. Now what T. Martin can do, and you know this, Dave, well, you know, T. Martin coached high school ball in Georgia. T. Martin has some really good connections. T. Martin is kind of the type of head offensive coordinator that, he might steal a player out of Georgia, right? He might steal a player or two out of Georgia for Kentucky. Sure. And or Alabama. Or Alabama. Yeah, exactly. And where he's from. Where he's from. And so I think I don't I think Tennessee should be happy that Liam Cohen's gone. Now T Martin is a better option for Kentucky than another offensive coordinator could be. So 
Tennessee should maybe worry about that, but I, I don't really think it matters because I honestly think Tennessee is going to own Kentucky no matter what. So I, I think T Martin is actually a fine hire for them. Look, I'm going to say this. I think a lot of Tennessee fans because of stories they don't know. And Dave, you've told me this over the phone, but I think we should just be open about it now. Cause a lot of people don't know it. People think T Martin has kind of rejected Tennessee at different times in the past. That's not been the case. He wanted that job that, but that, that, Butch Jones interviewed him for, and you told me that was a sham interview. Yeah, a sham interview every bit as much as Butch Jones would rec- would call recruiting analyst and say, add a star to this guy. It, he did it for a public relations move. That's why he did it. He never had a job. T. Martin never had a real offer, never, never had a real interview, I was told, um, which I think is a dastardly way to treat one of your most beloved players. Um, I, I think T. Martin is a middle-of-the-pack coordinator and i do i i think he can he can be a a strong recruiter for you but i don't know that that's his desire i think he wants to be a head coach and now we see gerard mayo former ball as a head coach of, of this latest crop who could you most see coming becoming a head coach one day uh, or becoming a coach one day or having success one day, this latest crop, either players in the past couple of years or players now. Cause I've got one for you that he told me. I'm going gonna, gonna to stick on team Martin and I'm going to tell you why. Um, Dave, you oh, ever go to, I meant the current players, like either players coming in this year, the hypo era, who could you see being a coach? Oh, it's probably, um, Probably a guy that you had on your show, Jacob Warren. Uh, it could be. I, I don't think he wants to work that much, which is smart. I think it's Hendon Hooker. Um, I think he he will be he will be the next coach for uh, Tennessee. Now with T. Martin, what kind of impact does that have on the SEC if he takes the Kentucky job? Jacob Warren gets a vote online as well. I think with T. Martin, you could be looking at a potential coach in waiting in a situation. I don't know how mo- how long Mark Stoops wants to stay at Kentucky. You may know, Dave. I, I, I'm I not sure. I know he's flirted with other jobs and things like that. But do you ever know a coach, and you probably know more of these types of coaches than I do. You know types of coaches who make better head coaches than coordinators, right? Yes. Like, I think T. Wouldn't Phillip you say T. Martin? Phil, yeah, Philip Fulmer. T. Martin might be in that category, right? makes a better head coach than a coordinator. Yeah, but um, but to be real honest with you, it's tough to make that jump past the coordinator position, especially when he's African-American, if you just want to be real open and honest about it. No, I agree. That's true. There is – and look, I'm just going to be honest with you. In 2017, former when he hired Jeremy Pruitt, that T. Martin should have – if you were going to hire Jeremy Pruitt, then you should have gone ahead and hired T. Martin. He was eminently more qualified than Jeremy Pruitt in that moment as a coordinator. Um, but different story, different time. I, you don't want to hire former beloved players as head coach because then it becomes really hard to fire them. I.e., Johnny majors, as you know, in the eighties, you stay loyal to, you stay loyal to your former players for too long. But T Martin, one of the things that helps him look at what he just did at Baltimore. This is why his profile is so high right now. He was Baltimore's quarterbacks coach this past year. And he turned Lamar Jackson back into an MVP. And now he's worked under Todd Munkin for a while. And so, and who I think, I, I I still think people blaming Todd Munkin for how Baltimore lost that game don't know football. That was, that was Lamar Jackson's fault. That was and, Lamar Jackson's fault. And for those that don't know Munkin, he's the offense coordinator for the Ravens. And he was previously at Georgia just to, to get everybody kind of up to speed. Yeah, to get and, everybody I, called up. and I, and I think that I agree with you. I think he's one of the, the best coordinators in 
football. I don't care if you say college or NFL or whatever. I think he's one of the best coordinators in football. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I think because of that, I think Team Martin is the type of offensive coach. Now, this could hurt him at Kentucky, but maybe not because Kentucky wants to win with defense anyway. But he's the type of offensive coach. He's kind of a Jim Chaney-esque, and I don't mean this in a negative way. You know there's coaches that with talent, they make the talent maximize their potential. But without talent, they can't they can't coach mediocre talent to play above its level. But they can coach talented players to maximize what they can do. You yeah. see what I'm saying? That's, That's fair. Um, on the message board, Mead Drinker has Gaston Moore that could be a coach with his current crop of balls. I could see that. It's kind of the... You learn the system as a backup quarterback. You're not talented enough, really, to win the job at any point, but you want to be around football. I could definitely see that happen. Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter. Jackson Lampley is another one uh, that – So those are some good shout-outs. And um, then somebody said, Butch Jones, that former ball might actually be a coach one day. <laughs> is that, I have to be honest. Is he still at Arkansas State or did he get fired? Because I know things. No, he's still out. at Arkansas State. And I also have to be honest. You know what's so funny about him, Dave? Be- between Fulmer and um and uh, Heupel, he's the most successful coach Tennessee had, and he's also the most hated. Like it's actually yeah. really funny. Yeah, um, it happens when you have sociopathic tendencies. Uh, Smoky Mountain Red said Navy Navy Schuler. I think Navy and the Schuler family are going to be fine without getting into coaching and not working those hours because I think they're pretty well off. I don't know that he's going to want – I think he'll get involved with the real estate business would be my guess, Caleb, because there's there's money to be made with the Schulers there. There is plenty of money to be made with the Schulers. And um, Heath worked in Washington. Newsflash, when you work in Washington, there's you can you can always make a call for your son to get a job. It's very, very easy after that. Yes, um, it is. And this shows some respect. Dave Butch made a bowl and had shirts. <laughs> uh, champions of life. We could. Uh, we should spend like the end of every show just ripping Butch Jones. Uh, Colton gets a shout out with uh, some uh, some love. That was a pretty good line, Colton. Um, Smoky Mountain Red said, what? "Do we all see all the success that Bo Hardigree had?" Oh yeah, Bo Hardigree is coaching. Um, and I believe it's for the Raiders. Um. But yeah, it's for the Raiders. He's the uh, he was recently the offensive coordinator for the Raiders. I believe he's no longer that. But yeah, Bo Hardigree has been coaching in the pros too. And Antonio Pierce didn't keep Hardigree on, uh, the new Raiders coach. But um, yeah, it's it's funny because uh, as we are looking back, you know, one of the funny team where T. Martin really hit a negative. Dave was people in Tennessee thought he turned down the Tennessee job, which he didn't. But then that, came. Was that the narrative that I? I that mean, was the narrative. That was the narrative. That's that's um, shameful because that narrative, I, I guarantee you, came from Butch Jones. Yeah, it did. But nobody. But then T. Martin got called on a hot mic trashing Jalen Hurd during his recruiting. Well, I remember and, that. So is he? And he turned out to be right about Jalen Hurd. Well, he did, and he should have been a defensive end. He'd still be playing in the NFL. Do I think Mayo will be successful at New England? Boy, Travis. I don't know. I think it really depends on what they have around him as far as uh, the, the personnel guys. Are they going to be able to bring people in? Uh, I hope so. He's a very, very smart individual, very likable player, kind of quiet. I didn't. He was one of those guys that I didn't really get a good feel for his personality because I don't think he liked the media, which isn't unusual. 
Do I think he'll be successful to find success? I could definitely see him turning them into a 500 team at the bare minimum and knocking on the door at the playoffs. The question is, do you get to 12 wins? Do you Are you a team that makes a Super Bowl run? That's a different level. I don't know that we could any, any of us could predict that that would happen of, of a guy that has just become a head coach for the first time. Yeah, that's that's true. And it also depends on your per, I mean, heck, Bill Belichick was a 500 coach at Cleveland. The only year he made the playoffs was the year Nick Saban was Nick Saban's last year as his defensive coordinator. And then he's five and 11 his first year and then boldly smartly makes a switch to Tom Brady. Great defensive coach. Um, I, Dave, I want to know how what you think on this with coaches. And I don't like to go here all the time because I think it's sometimes unfairly used because do you think Wonderlick score is indicative of how good of a coach you could be? Or do you think it just absolutely means nothing? No, I think that's stupid. And as a matter of fact, I will tell you, I played the uh, I played Jeopardy with mm-hmm. uh, on, on the PlayStation last night with some friends and you can pick the answers. I didn't get one. Caleb, do you think I'm dumb? No, I don't think you're dumb. Okay. But that's a trivia game, though. That's different right. from a Wonderlick. Well, but it's the phrasing of the questions, too. So, like the Wonderlick, I could see somebody having trouble with the test and still being an intelligent human being. So, like me, I have trouble with Jeopardy. Some guys may have trouble with the Wonderlick test. Um, I don't think that I don't think that's indicative personally of how good you'll be. Now, extremes are like my buddy Chad Pennington, I think, got a perfect score. And he was able to maximize his ability. You would agree with that. He wasn't very talented. And then on the flip side, I think if you're just on the bottom end of it, that you may have some problems dealing with. (laughs) Like when Vince Young got a six on it. (laughs) Yes, with with adult (laughs) issues. Um, You may have have problems in your life other than football. Uh, Yeah, Vince Young did make like a six on there. Yeah. And Young still probably could have been good, but he would. And I, I blame Jeff Fisher for a lot of the stuff that went down back then. But Vince Young was very emotional in his reactions to things, and didn't wasn't forward thinking. But um, yeah, it's uh, I'm but you know, I mean, Peyton Manning's was you're right because Peyton Manning's was it was fine, but it wasn't like blow you away. You know what I mean? So like, I think if you, I think if as long as you get in the double digits, you're not like, because <laughs> you're not like struggling. You know what I mean? Um, you know, now that I'm back in Knoxville, going down memory lane, did I or did I not take an ACT test for a high school buddy of mine to get into college? Did I or did I not? Oh, my God. Yeah, I I think you did just because you're saying that now. I'm going to leave that sit. Um, (laughs) Maybe. Wow, Dave. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I look at the ball's junior day weekend, and it was strong. We're talking Cruton next. Two minutes with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the Sports. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! 
Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. The Dave Hooker Show, represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win, banksjones.com. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on offthehooksports.com. Can we show the shirt again, if you don't mind, Caleb? State of Tennessee versus the NCAA t-shirt. I just realized it was 24-98. 98 refers to the SEC cha- or the national championship team of 1998. Could 24 actually be a precursor to a Tennessee national championship in 2024? I didn't even think about that, Caleb. That is an interesting take. Let's Real go. quick, funny. You were covering the Tennessee team, Dave, that did this in 05. But uh, remember all the hype behind 05 before things went south? And, the Team Clawson, um, Team Ainge shirts? Yes, yes. Uh, well, I wasn't going there, but uh, it's funny. Compared 24 to 98, 05, they were trying to say that they – because it was the 20-year anniversary of the Sugar Vols, and they were literally trying to say they would this year would be the new Sugar Vols, like they would win the SEC. So they honored the Sugar Bowl team at the halftime of the Georgia game, the 85 Sugar Bowl team at halftime of the Georgia game. And it was just like so laughable because the 85 team was the most underdog squad in the world that accomplished so much. The 05 team was loaded with talent and accomplishing so little. It was like literally the reverse of each other. <laughs> the parallels. I, now, I, um, there is, has to be a selflessness and that's there has to be a togetherness to win a championship. Maybe that's more important in some cases than talent. And I think Tennessee has that. I think, I, I believe the culture is there for that um, to, to make a significant run. By the way, Travis says, I put $100 on Tennessee to win the title at plus 3500 So that would be $3,500. Uh, I'm rooting for you, Travis, not only for your wallet, but for our show. Can we show the uh, shirt again as, as well? We'll pull that up. If you would like to order the shirt, Tennessee versus the NCAA, you can do that. I put a link in the 
message board. Let's pull the shirt up, Caleb, and uh, give them a peek. Do I have to do that on my end? Oh, you got it. So there you go. And then Caleb's going to zoom in. It's Tennessee versus the NCAA. I love that shirt. Thank you to our friends at Apex Apparel for helping us get that together so quickly. Apex Apparel for all of your giveaway, all of your promo product needs. That's Apex Apparel. That means embroidery. That means screen printing, promo products, signage. They do it all. Absolutely. Let's talk some Cruton as the Vols uh, look back on their junior day weekend. Did you know what tomorrow is, Caleb? Do you know what Wednesday it's, is? It's, yeah, it's National Signing Day, which is crazy because this would have been such a big deal just a few years ago. Yeah. How, how crazy time is that? Um, it's bizarre. Uh, all right, so let's get to uh, some of these cats that we want to talk about. Uh, a junior day. I was actually on campus for a bit, saw some guys touring around. Uh, do you want to start with Chris Thompson, who's number one on our list of, of guys to break down? Chris Thompson, coming from the school that I am known to hate, Lipscomb Academy in Nashville, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Why do you hate them? No, I just, I mean, that's the one that uh, Caleb Beasley's coming at before. Okay. Lipscomb and Innsworth are the two that I trash. I said they produce more oh, less right. on the recruiting trail than any schools you could possibly find. And, um, but he is a linebacker. Um, teammates with obviously a few players that have gone, including Caleb Beasley, who was also a linebacker. Um, he is a three star. Uh, so he basically tweeted that he had a great conversation some of the coaches he's blessed to receive an offer looks like he had fun on campus but um i don't think tennessee's going after him if tennessee's going for him it's to keep that pipeline into nashville put it that way i don't think they're gonna make the, I, I think that's the only reason they're gonna make it ever for him well and he could also blossom so you want to kind of hedge your bets a little bit even if you don't think he's uh, an elite player you want to make sure you get those guys that are uh in state all right who's next up next, we got 2025 Edge Julius Holly, who comes out of Alpharetta. There's this guy named Josh Dobbs who came out of Alpharetta. By the way, Josh Dobbs' Wonderlick score was only 29, which isn't bad, but like you would, that's proof that it does, it's not indicative of intelligence because it's on a scale to 50, and we know Josh Dobbs is a genius. Wait a second. That's not terrible, though. 29 out of 35 is not terrible. No, no the highest is 50. Okay. Um, oh, I thought the highest was 35. All right, my bad. No. Um, but it's proof that Do it's proof that like it doesn't represent anything because we know Dobbs is actually a genius. So no, I agree. Holly doesn't do a lot for me at this point. Um, he's got some smaller offers from from talking around. This feels like another guy that he if he blossoms in Georgia, then you get a pipeline into Alpharetta. But I think Tennessee's uh probably kind of this is about keeping a pipeline in Alpharetta. They have one. They don't want to lose it. And so, right. yeah. Um, so uh, Dylan Lewis, who was committed to Tennessee, was there. He's a three-star in this cycle. So, um, you know, it that wasn't a big deal. He's firmly committed to Tennessee, a uh, cornerback. Um, so moving on to 2026, wide receiver Jalen Pyle. He's a 2026 receiver. His father played at Virginia Tech and for the Cowboys. Um, and he's already starting to pick up hype. So it was big to have him on campus. And look, I think this is going to be a kind of a, a thing for Tennessee in the future. I think that I still don't think they're at the level Dave, where they can just immediately give somebody a call and say, Hey, you want to come to Tennessee? I think they have to identify guys early at this moment. 
under Josh Heupel? Uh, they're somewhere in between. If 10s, I'm Kirby Smart and I can call anybody and they're taking the phone call and one's Butch Jones and I'm like, who the hell is that? And why is he at Arkansas State if he's any good? I think Tennessee's at about a six or seven right now. Okay, that's fair to say. 2025 edge, Micah Newton, um, not yet ranked. He was in Knoxville for junior day. He's about 6'3", 255 pounds. Again, receivers and edge, like that's where Tennessee's real pipeline, their position pipelines are going to be. Edge rushers and receivers are going to be, you know this, Dave. It, they will line up like it's a soup line in the Great Depression to line up to play for Tennessee. A soup line in the Great Depression. Have All you right. seen those pictures of the soup lines during the Depression? Yes. I just that was an incredible reference. Uh, a player that was asked about on the message board is uh, Jalen Matthews, uh, who is a guy that's taken a look at just about everybody. Uh, Kentucky, Arkansas, Colorado, Florida State, Michigan. You're talking about a four-star offensive tackle, six foot five, two hundred ninety pounds, out of New Jersey. Um, does Tennessee have a chance with him? I think they've got a chance now with any offensive tackle in the nation, and I really mean that. You can play quickly because there's still not incredible depth there. That's why they had to get Lance Hurd. So could Tennessee get in on Jalen Matthews? I don't have any doubt whatsoever he is the number six player in new jersey the number 24 overall offensive tackle in the nation so yeah if if if, if tennessee wants to get in there enough um i, I think they can do that out of the four-star prospect from tom rivers north high school so the only thing that throws me off is now tom's river is um on the Jersey shore, it's in ocean County, which is closer to Southern South Jersey. And you know, Dave, there's two jerseys for high school. There's North Jersey and South Jersey. And, but did Tennessee burn any pipeline bridges with the way the Jared Garantano situation ended up in at Tennessee, which wasn't good, obviously. And, and I just, does that, that matter? It, well, it gets to be in my time covering recruiting that it gets memories get to be distant quicker than you would think. Like okay. I think in three or four years, people, 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 16-year-olds will look at Alabama if they're not elite, which they, they're not going to be as elite as Saban. They'll look at them as a really good program, not the most dominant program in the SEC, which they once were. I just I think those memories for high schoolers become distant really quick. But it's not about the high schools. You know this. The coaches, it can it could matter because coaches steer recruits away from places a lot of times, too. All the time. Or, and, yeah, I mean, you. I think 50% of the time, the tr this is maybe not scientific, but I think 50% of the time it is truly the kid's fault or the kid's choice. I think that the other 50% is probably split between a coach and a parent. Um, okay. That, like the Michael Orr situation. He had no choice but to go to Ole Miss. They might have just shot him in the leg if he went to Tennessee. And I know he loved Philip Fulmer. I mean, he he definitely – They did. really might have. That's not even a hyperbole. I mean, I'm not even joking. I mean, they might have just, just you know, put a cap in his knee and say you can't go to Tennessee. All right, who else uh, as we talk a little bit of crew? Uh, okay, so uh, moving down, uh, 2026 offensive lineman uh, Brody Smith, another offensive lineman. He's 6'5 and a half, 241 pounds. But, again, he's only a sophomore. So, I mean, you expect him to put on 40 pounds or something like that before he gets into college. Offensive line, unless it's offensive tackle, is still a spot I think Tennessee wants to identify talent early, though, because I just don't think that they're not going to beat Alabama for those guys right now. Um, I think they will eventually, but they're just not there right now. So um, it's we'll just have to see what happens with them. And as a matter of fact, uh, 
uh, Jaru has a post about recruiting success. Uh, that Jalen Matthews was in attendance over the weekend. I want to, I want to correct the record on that. Uh, I thought he wasn't for some reason. He was in attendance and certainly wouldn't hurt to be in New Jersey. Not one of the greatest States, but, um, not, not a bad state for talent. All right. Who's up next. And I'll tell you what I know about them. All right. So a few in-state prospects, um, Cameron Sparks, uh, the number 42 player overall in the 2025 class, a Chattanooga athlete and the number two prospect from Tennessee, according to 247 Sports Composite, um, another Baylor school product. That's where Tennessee well, really wants to build a pipeline. Yeah, I was, t- I was just told, watch Georgia, watch Georgia, watch Georgia from some calls I made around him. So I think that's going to be a tough pool for uh, Tennessee, but uh, let's not rule anything out. A lot of a lot of this will be determined, I think, by the first month or so of the season. Does Tennessee look elite with Nico or do they look very good with Nico? Very good to me is Hendon Hooker. Elite is another level that I think Nico can uh, can take this offense to. So who else is out there? Okay, a few more. Um, wide receiver Joaquin Dotson, um, an in-state prospect. He is the 15th-ranked prospect out of Tennessee, out of Collierville High School in Collierville. That's a suburb of Memphis, guys. So just outside of Memphis. Um, And, again, not highly ranked wide receiver. Tennessee probably doesn't need him that much. But as we talk about, some of the a lot of this recruiting I'm seeing with visitors this past weekend, Dave, it's about that they're from areas that Josh Hypen wants to make sure Tennessee keeps a pipeline into and a connection to. And again, of the guys we mentioned, at least one, maybe two, maybe three, will get another star when, when they put yes. on 10, 15, 20 pounds in the offseason. What else? Okay, so sticking on the offensive line, uh, I mentioned uh, Jalen Matthews. Four-star offensive lineman Andrew Babalola was also in attendance and as was 2026 offensive lineman Leo Delaney Babalola comes out of Blue Valley Northwest High School in Kansas of all places so that's going to be kind of interesting to see where that lands up uh Tennessee has a lot of junior college connections to Kansas I'm not sure how many I I believe Dejon Terry was from Kansas but that's I can't remember who else was actually from Kansas maybe Jeremiah Crawford was from Kansas actually yep uh Fair enough. All right. Bryce Nothing. Brown was from Kansas, actually, Can't, wasn't that's he? That's what makes me – yeah, I thought I was going to mention Bryce Brown right there. All right, who else? And then I want to get to uh, the Rodney Garner-Auburn talk before we're done. So what, what do you got here as far uh, as – We act, uh, few more, we got two more – two so a couple defensive linemen. Um, Tennessee defensive linemen – or I'm sorry. Yeah, NCAA defensive lineman Ethan Utley – the uh, top 115 prospect nationally. He's 6'4", 270 out of Ensworth at Nashville. And then uh, Charles House is a 2025 prospect on the defensive line. He's not yet ranked, but holds 20 scholarships. And he's from North Mecklenburg, North Carolina, which is in Charlotte. Um, So that's Tennessee wants a connection pipeline there. And then the big one is over the weekend, Tennessee looked for the successor, not to Nico, but to George McIntyre, which is gravy. I know, which is Faison Brandon, who was in Knoxville. He is a four-star on 247 Sports in the 2026 class out of Grimsley High School. And that is a guy that uh, I believe Tennessee is going to see if they can use to replace George McIntyre. He comes out of North Carolina, which is where Jake Berklinger comes. So North Carolina pipeline happening. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. So there's been a lot of talk about uh, on message boards about uh, Rodney Garner, who we would agree is one of Tennessee's best uh, assistant coaches Given recruiting, you could argue the best assistant coach they've got. I would probably go um, Tim Banks above him, me personally, because I think he's an underrated defensive coordinator. But uh, Auburn lost their defensive line coach to the Jags. And uh, some some on three people are saying, I want to credit the right people because it's flying around message boards that Garner will be the first interview. He has coached at Auburn before he's coached everywhere in the SEC. I know that you love him, Tennessee fans, but this is he's kind of at a mercenary type career. Um would it stun you if he left to go to Auburn? Caleb brought to you by Sports Treasures, carrying over 5 million Sports Treasures and so much more. Follow on Facebook for the best sports memorabilia daily updates. Go to Facebook, follow at Sports Treasures TN at Sports Treasures TN on Facebook. Would it shock you? If Garner went to Auburn, it would, and I will tell you why. Okay, I will just say I want. I want to say in the front end, it would not shock me. It would surprise me, but it would not shock me. Okay, here's why. Um, he would be going to play for a coach who has already been caught with recruiting violations once. Now we don't, or to coach for a coach, excuse me. We don't know what the NCAA, we don't know what's in store for the NCAA in the future. So maybe that would be a reason for him to go back home because this won't be as big of a deal anymore. But Dave Gardner is very close to being retirement age. And, you know, he's got what, seven more? He, what is he, 58? Uh, I think that sounds right. Rodney Garner was, um, Rodney Garner was, I'm trying to find where he's uh, born here. Go ahead and say something interesting while I'm trying to find that. Rodney Garner is so close to retirement. I think right now the big thing for him and his family, and by the way, he just had surgery, I believe, this week. He was born in 66, so he'd be 58. You're right. Yes. So the big thing for Rodney Garner, and this is huge now, and you know this is huge, he wants to be able to keep that salary coming until he can collect Social Security probably because he's never going to be a head coach at this point. So that that assistant pay – assistant pay is good. I'm not pretending it's not, but you can't walk away from an assistant salary and say I'm set for life, right? So it's so I think he wants to stay till 65. What happens, Dave, if he goes to Auburn and Hugh Freeze gets caught in another recruiting scandal and somebody like Rodney Garner gets a show calls when he's three years away from retirement? Well, that's possible to be a factor. But I think you're um, if he saved any money whatsoever, he's not going to be stumbling around homeless. 
No, but he'd rather collect his he you those that couple hundred thousand for three years from sixty two to sixty five is significant in what you're trying to do, isn't it? For your life, and I believe for and, and so I think it's aren't Gardner's kids grown now? Didn't he have kids and aren't they grown? I would assume they are given his age. Um, yeah, he has one I believe that um might still be in in school at Tennessee, as a matter of fact. So that would be a factor as well. How big of a loss would it be if Garner did go to Auburn or left? It would be a loss. How significant? I don't know, because I think Garner, to his credit, has built such a pipeline at Tennessee. Look, I'll just say this. I think Tennessee is going to be the their defensive line is going to be the class of the SEC next year. And the success of that defensive line alone is going to draw players to Tennessee in the future on the defensive line. So I think if Josh Heupel maintains stability, I think Tennessee is going to be fine recruiting there because I think, I think Tennessee is going to see James Pierce next year. They're going to see Amari Thomas and defensive linemen coming out of high school are going to be so in awe of what they're able to do, particularly when Nico gets them big leads that there's going to be a desire to come to Tennessee. Um, and so I think that's going to be the big thing. May I ask you this question? Is Rodney Garner a little bit overrated in Tennessee's fans' eyes? I mean, we, I we mean Rodney Garner is the one who put together the national title defensive line of 98. That was Rodney Garner's work. And you, Dave, you covered that period. Tennessee, didn't they have a factory? They were defensive line you from like two, 97 to 2001, weren't they? Yes. That was Rodney Garner, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, it, it was. And and Derek points out there the success that Tennessee's had on defense has only been on the defensive line. But I want to I want to play devil's advocate for fun a little bit. Isn't James Pierce a just an elite player? And won't he? By the way, hit the like and subscribe button if you haven't hit the thumbs up. I'd greatly appreciate it. Um. And when you talk about other guys they've had on the interior, aren't they just talented athletes? I mean, I think there's something to be said for developing certain positions, whereas you just have to have the talent. Now, what would scare me if I'm Tennessee's, if I'm a Tennessee fan is not losing Rodney Garner, but replacing Rodney Garner. That would be my biggest concern. And the the reason I believe that is because you have to have a coach that can work with another defensive coach that has an unusual scheme in Tim Banks. So you better be able to mold pretty quickly, to adapt pretty quickly. If not, you're going to have some problems, poor gap discipline. Tennessee's going to have issues up front. If I had a pick, predict right now, um, Travis says, if I think he's overrated, turn your ball card now. No, I think he's very good. I mean that. I just and guys, we don't have ball cards. We just cover Tennessee. We're not. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not I mean, pom pom guys. Okay, who's the? It, just as a defensive line coach, who would you take and a recruiter, Ed Orgeron or Rodney Garner? Ooh. Okay, now if you threw intelligence in there, it's obviously Rodney Garner. But and if you, I, I take Rodney Garner because he's smarter, and also Rodney Garner is of much higher character than Ed Orgeron. I don't see Rodney Garner going trying to, you know, pick up some booster wives and uh, and, and 
and, and bring him back with them. Put it that way. Rodney Garner has never been fired from a job for being drunk on the job. Ed Orgeron has been fired for that. Well, in 94, 95. But not, not, not really drunk, just buzzed. Rick Terry, jewelry decides. No, it was, it, no, he actually got arrested in 94 for public intoxication no. and he got fired. I, no, I know. And not just alcohol, but snow. Uh, Rick Terry, jewelry design. They want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the fire opals, the Tennessee tradition? Go to rickterryjewelry.com, rickterryjewelry.com. Listen, Tennessee hasn't announced the raises. I, I think this is a really good time to have Danny White in place because I believe he'll dole out some raises, understanding what Garner means to this program. And that comes after a season in which Tennessee did about as poorly as it could do. Eight and four to me was the basement. That's still good. That's still trending in the right direction. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's a good time to have Danny White. Cause if you go to Danny White and you say, I've got to have 200,000 more for Rodney Garner, I think you're probably going to get it. Aren't you? Yeah, I think you're going to get it. I think you're, I think you'll get it. And honestly, here's what you would, here's what they would do. They'd rather be one staff member short. They'll they'd rather just nix Willie Martinez and say, "Hey, Tim Banks, take over the whole secondary." <laughs> I mean, rather than get rid of Rodney Garner. I think that here's the underrated part about Rodney Garner: edge rushers is one thing. It's Josh Heupel's scheme that allows edge rushers to thrive. You and I kind of agree on that, right, Dave? Yes. Like, I, okay. What is all a reflection of Rodney Garner is that the defensive tackles are more than serviceable. And you know that's hard to do in Josh Heupel's system because they're going to be on the field a lot and they're going to get tired a lot. And they are more than being more than serviceable is a big accomplishment for defensive tackle in this system, isn't it? Yep. Very, very fair. Um, I think Garner stays. I, I think if I'm Auburn, he is the first person I'm calling to interview. And I think out of most SEC schools, maybe other than Georgia, he's the first guy you call. So if you got a defensive line opening, you would call him and then see if Ed Orgeron is still um, stumbling around, Destin, um, having a good time, or if he actually wants to coach again. But I, I, I um, Derek asked, what would have what would have Garner done with uh, Barnett, Barnett and Kongbo? Yeah, I think that those guys would have been well. Well, Barnett done. is as good as he could possibly be if you watch him in the NFL. Now, Kongbo, Butch Jones tried to force him to play defensive tackle which he's not. He's a defensive end, edge rusher through and through. And he put on that weight. And then Jeremy Pruitt tried to get it back off. But you know this, Dave. Sometimes you put on the weight. And once you, even if you lose it, you've already lost the step you had at edge rusher. I mean, Butch Jones absolutely wrecked Jonathan Congo's future as an NFL player. That's a stunner. All right. He is Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. The shirts are available online. The NCAA versus Tennessee or Tennessee versus the NCAA. So they're available online. So we would uh, highly encourage you to choose that. I will put the link in there one more time. Now, this is a very limited run. We're only going to have these up for a couple of weeks and then we'll produce them all and get them out to you. So uh, please check out the shirt and we hope you like it. Um, I think you'll love it, as a matter of fact, because it's awesome. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.